Attention on deck. You're about to take command. Welcome to The Bunker with Andy Burroughs, Freddie Ham, and Andy Lockhart. Welcome, everybody, back to The Bunker. This is episode 42. I am your host, Freddie Hamm, and joining me as always is the Prime Minister of Washington Commanders Football, Mr. Andy Burrows, and of course, my lovable and cuddlyable co-host, Mr. Andy Lockhart. Gauss Andy, what's up, guys? Cuddable? Is that a cuddable? Is that a word? It is a word. I just oh, made okay. it up just now. <laughs> it's a word. It's in the okay. English dictionary. Pretty okay. diction, okay. dict, dict. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Dict. But, uh, we are... <laughs> Emphasis uh, on the dick. <laughs> it's the dick. Yeah, exactly. Dictionary. Oh, this is why we don't win awards. Uh, anyway, we are not. <laughs> we are not alone, guys. Uh, we are continuing our get our, our fan month. This is the last uh, of uh, for January, and we've got a great fan on someone that we've interacted with many, many times. It's an absolute privilege to finally get him on the show, Travis Remmel. How are you, my friend? Welcome to the bunker, my dude. Thanks for having me, brother. Where do you sit on what you've seen uh, in the 2022-23 season? Easily disappointed. When you're in playoff position and you can't close the deal, I think that's a problem. That being said, I, I truly think the roster is much improved, especially since Ron started here. And to me, that's like, that's a big part. It's yeah, sometimes it won't show up in the win-loss column. If we could just get one or two positions or units fixed, like the O-line and the quarterback settle down, where you're at least getting very efficient, consistent play. I really don't think there's, I don't think we're far off from a playoff team at all. How many steps do you think we have to take to really, you mean, look at the Cowboys, uh, look at the Eagles. All right, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year, and I pray to God they don't. No. no. You know, but you, you look how they strengthen. Yeah, you look how, you know, the Cowboys, all right, they made the playoffs again and got dumped out. Thank God the Eagles have strengthened. The Giants surprised everyone. I don't look at the Giants as like that much of a fact. You know, they're mm -hmm. extremely limited on offense. They got very fortunate in a lot of games. If you look at like their luck rating, where it's basically like your opponents can turn, you know, um, making turnovers, they're missing field goals, you're taking advantage of those. And then you look at like last year, the Eagles, you know, they kind of backed into the playoff spot. They got whooped by Tampa Bay. They didn't have Jalen Hurts level play last year. You know, they had much of the same problem, you know, an anemic O, they had a really good D. They upgraded their wide receivers this year. Jalen takes that really big step, boom, you know, and all of a sudden they're out of running. So in my mind, it really comes down to fixing the O-line. Our defense is strong enough. Whoever the quarterback is, you have, get, you have to give him time. And we're at the bottom of the list. We're at the bottom of the league in that regard. We, Heineke, faced, there's three quarterbacks that face his level of uh, pressure this entire year. And then there was nine quarterbacks that faced the pressure that Wentz and Heineke faced. And we're the only team with two quarterbacks on the list. So, I mean, you're not going to win that way. You just, it, it, you have to get extremely lucky on the other side where you're taking off the opponent a lot. You know, you're, they're giving you other opportunities. And, you know, by a large part, we're shooting ourselves on the foot more times than not. Yeah, just uh, briefly, I mean, we, everyone's touched on it. And I've listened to podcasts for the last week. Where are you with the whole QB situation? Are you, let's roll with Sam Howell, or would you rather bring someone in? When you're looking at the QB landscape and who you can get, I'm like, you know what? Maybe if you got Hal, you can get Tua maybe for a third or something. Maybe that becomes a conditional second. Bring him in and you let them compete. I, I at least think then you got two really good options there. Quarterback, 
that could both work out different ways. And they also provide protection in case one of them doesn't work out. Then maybe bring in another quarterback, maybe later in the draft, maybe like a Stetson Bennett. Maybe you can wait on like a, a hooker out of Tennessee. He's injured, so he's not going to be really be able to play in 2023. At least then you're improving the room. And it's like, you know, I, I don't look at two as injury as concussions as overly problematic. I think they were mishandled. And that to me is a bigger concern. It's just get that man some rest, let him rest up. He needs to protect himself too better. If you watch a lot of the plays when he got injured, his head's flying back. It, you know, he wasn't really protecting himself the way he needs to. And I think that's one problem that Tua had. I'm, I'm not enamored with Tua. Like, I would have never picked him or Miami did at, what, five. But mm. I can see how you can win with him. Well, that's interesting. Freddie, Andy, I mean, with someone I spoke about, I think, uh, when I was with the DC Tweet Team podcast a couple of seasons ago, I'm a, I'm a Tua guy. I like him. And Freddie... I know you're not. I know where you're going to go with this. So, uh, well, you can wait. We'll go to we'll go to Andy Scouse first because I know where Freddie's going with this. Andy, what do you reckon? Someone like Travis makes a good point. You reckon Tua could end up somewhere like Washington? I mean, I'm all in for Sam Howell. Don't get me wrong. I want to give the kid a go. I, you know, we've drafted him. We seem to be the only team that might draft people and never seem to give them a chance. Let's draft. We've drafted the kid. Let's play him. But Andy, what do you reckon? Tua? Travis makes an interesting point. Yeah, interesting point. Um, I just can't see it personally. Um, you, you know, say he does have he does have these concussion issues, and unless you're getting really cheap, which realistically you're not going to. <laughs> for, for me, I'm 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 in for a, a more of an experienced quarterback coming in in the off season there via free agency. Um, mm-hmm. But with with the, on the pretext of that, how will be you know virtually the starter. Um, so getting someone like a, a Brissette in, he's not great, but he's an able backup, those type of dudes, uh, more than trying to get myself like a, you know, a number one pick, which basically what, what Tua was, um, with, with a concussion history, I'd, I'd rather kind of like keep the, keep the, uh, the draft capital we've got. Yep. And uh, and just take and just go and go from there and say just give give Howell a shot. If if mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, if we suck, if we suck the whole season, which we might do if 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 you give Howell the whole season, we might do. With the O line though, that's some saying because normally you got the premier position, haven't you? You got the right or the left tackle, mm. depending on what depending on what your quarterback is. And we and let's face it, we're not going to have two bookend tackles like no elite tackles. Let's face it. So depends just where you yeah. want to go about it. If you feel that we can't get a good left tackle, you know Leno's I only think- average. Let's face it. I think mm-hmm. I think and I, I would agree about I would agree about Leno. I, one name that I, there's a couple of names. I, I, I think what's interesting right now is if you look at the draft boards and who's out there, it's like one name I bring up is uh, Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Very athletic o, OT. You know, it's like maybe he's a, maybe you draft him in one. Maybe he's your left tackle. Maybe he's his right tackle. Slide Cosme into the guard. All of a sudden, two draft picks, you know, actually, you know, one draft pick you know, improves two positions. Then you go out and get a center, a guard in like the third or fourth round. Um, if you look what if you look what uh, Seattle did this past year, fantastic. They got two tackles in the first and third. Both of those guys performed well above average. They actually they actually rated about the same. Um, and but I, you know everybody talks about Gino, but really what it was is they always had years of problems protecting Wilson. And they never, ever, ever drafted O-line enough. This year, they drafted well enough to bring in Gino. They give him plenty of time. They have a very efficient offense. They get to the playoffs. So Mm. I think you can make those big leaps. And I don't think it necessarily means going out and get just some quarterback that's going to knock it out of the park. We just need the consistency. Some guy that's going to give us above average touchdowns. 
we have enough drives per game or have, you know, third down conversions in our favor, you know, those sorts of things. So, I mean, what about, what about trying to go for someone like Orlando Brown? Uh, in, uh, I've, I've seen him, and, you know, to me, it's BNC. really about cost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's going to be expensive. 100%. Yeah, and I think well, that's talking, if, we're, if we're talking about cost, Travis, what are you doing with the cap this, this season, my friend? Who are you, who are you, who are you really going to try and keep? Who do you think walks out the door? Uh, I, I was on with Andy and Scott Hartley on their show on Friday. We kind of touched on it on there. You know, you've got pain has to stay. Obviously, you're going to save a shed ton of money with Wentz. You know, what are you doing with all the cap space this year? How would you play? I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think some people think that Payne is going to sign this monster deal that is going to knock it out of the park. I really think if you look at him and Allen's production and ability, I think he's going to get a similar deal as Allen, just accelerated based off the cap increase. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be more expensive, but the structure will be the same. And if you look at Allen's number, Allen only costs in 2023. John Allen's salary was his cap. It was only 9.5 this past year. Mm-hmm. So getting paid, it's not going to cost $20 million in the first year. It's going to probably cost maybe 10, 11. So it's not that big of an increase for him, you know, and then two years from now it's, you know, then it's going to pop up. Uh, but it, it's interesting. A lot of people, they just don't think we can keep all four guys on the D line. I'm like, I totally disagree with that. You know, just taking their contracts as it is, is the first year uh, uh, Chase Young would be in a new contract. John Allen's in his last year. And John Allen doesn't even have that big of a cap. That doesn't even have that much dead money the last two years. It's, it's something like $12 million. So I, you know, it, there's lots of ways you can keep all these guys. It's really staying ahead of the curve, you know, and not being hit too hard by injury. Mm, yeah, no, definitely. Freddie, you can, it looks like you, I know you're at work, so I can see you, you know, the, the death industry never stops. Uh, Freddie, what did you, we've made some good points there. We've mentioned Tua, we've mentioned the cap space. Uh, I, I know where you are on Tua. You're not going to want him in Washington, but what, how, what's your thoughts? Had we, you know, like I said, I've been chatting to Andy and Scott over the weekend on their show. What are you doing with the cap money? Who do you think stays? Who do you think goes? Um, you know, like Travis says, why not keep everyone? You know, you can structure it that way. It's going to be difficult, but if you want to keep improving, you're going to need to keep these guys. So many times Washington have let people walk out the door. Real no? quick, I got to circle back to the Tua thing. I know Andy doesn't uh, want me to, I know I Andy doesn't want me to talk about the Tua Travis, thing. Travis, I knew you weren't going <laughs> to let this go, bro. Everybody knows that I'm down on Tua. I just want to give real quick my reasoning for that. Okay, mm-hmm. Num- number one, and this is probably everybody who's down on him's number one, the injury history, I don't like it. Yep. The head injury thing, I don't like it. The The number two thing is, so I think Heineke's out just because he's kind of a dark cloud in the quarterback room. I like Heineke. I mean, I think he could be a really good backup, but so long as Heineke's here, if Sam Howell really is your guy and Sam Howell doesn't play well, then it's the controversy all over again. People calling for Heineke, and it's always going to be like that as long as Heineke's here. And to be honest with you, Heineke would probably like at least a legitimate shot at starting quarterback somewhere else. And he ain't going to get that here. He's not with the Tua thing. I think if you get, you get rid of Heineke, you have Sam Howell, you need some type of depth here. I don't think Tua necessarily gives you a whole lot of that because he's not dependable. What's the most important thing that you have in a backup quarterback is that they're available, right? That's why Kirk cousins will end up being a great backup quarterback soon. Um, oh, but with Tua, <laughs> with Tua, you don't have that. You, you have the injury <laughs> history as well. Too, if like, you do I mean, bring yeah. him here, 
if you do bring him here, then you have to deal with the controversies all over again, because then the conversation is always going to be about Tua. And then there is going to be this constant back and forth over, especially, like I said, if Hal struggles, what should be Tua, it should be Hal. Tua comes in, he wins the starting job, and then people are going to be calling for Hal if he doesn't play well. To me, I don't see where it improves your team enough to justify bringing him here or giving up assets to get him here. So that's why I'm out on the Tua thing. Travis, just moving on. Uh, Ian Rappaport reporting today that the commanders have yet to hire an OC. The reason being they would like to chat to the Kansas City Chiefs OC, Eric Benemy. Uh What did you make of that? I mean, me and Andy were chatting briefly uh, before everyone joined the call. Uh, I think it'll be a great appointment. But the Jets, the Titans, the Ravens are also sniffing around this man. I mean, what's going to make him want to come to Washington again? I said this with Andy and Scott when I was chatting to them on Friday. Washington's such a hard sell right now with the ownership stuff going on. Do we have a lame duck coach? You know, that that's all just hearsay. We're, we're just assuming uh-huh. that's what's happening if a new owner comes in. And Ron, I think a few podcasts have mentioned this week, Ron Rivera is really going to have to get into the playoff next season yes. for him to stay in Washington. Yes. Where are you with that high? I mean, is it? I, I would love it. I mean, uh, we know Andy Reid calls a lot of the plays in Kansas City. I know Scouse has got some views on this, but what would you make of that appointment, Travis? It seems we've, we've interviewed half the league. Why not interview a couple more? It would be awesome, to be honest with you. I, I have little doubt that it would make us much more than problem at quarterback. A Roman makes a little bit more sense to me than a Biennemi um, because, you know, a lot of people have gotten on Greg Roman about his, his passing numbers, but that's really because his running is so effective. I mean, he's had top 10. His, I think his offenses have been like top three or top five. Like he's, he's been in the top five, like something like five or seven, you know, five out of seven years or something like that. I had a tweet on it earlier. Um, but it, when you look at the total offense, the scoring and the total offense was just off the chart. The enemy, I, I do wonder, you know, are we going to get a consistent enough QB play? I don't think that, I don't think Scott Turner did these guys any favors, either of the QBs. I know people said, you know, Heineke knows the system. I think in game, he was not tailoring his offense to, um, to benefit Taylor Heineke. I think he kept wanting to do the things he wanted to do rather than saying, I got this guy. He's got this unique skill set with legs. You know, we saw no rollouts. We saw very little, you know, just there was, we, we are, we're such a fast team at the skill position, running back, wide receivers. We don't spread the field. You know, misdirection is something mm. we should be using. And what made Heineke of. good was in 2020 is how he scrambled as well. Yes, you know, you know, thinking, it, you know what, what got him to the dance was which we were all impressed with, which how he sorry to interrupt, but how he moved no, out good. of the how he moved out of the pocket, you know, and yep. we were all like, geez, we haven't really had anyone like that since RG3, and we only had that for one season. You know what I mean? We didn't obviously didn't have that with Smith, we didn't have that with cousins, really. Like to see Heineke get outside the pocket, I think that's when we're even better, if that makes sense. Yeah, I if you watch the first half of the 49ers game, that's probably the best game where I thought Turner called the offense suited for Heineke. We moved the ball. We kept the ball. We scored. Yeah, we, we missed on that fourth and one. But if you watch the first half, we played with them toe-to-toe. Came out the second half, start going to five, you know, seven-step drops, five-man protection, boom. We got annihilated. And, mm, yeah. you know, that's why Turner had to go. He just, he was too stubborn, in my opinion, to understand that concept. I think a lot of coaches would prioritize blocking more you know, let Terry, Samuels, uh, Dotson, you know, let them make the plays, you know, give them time to get open, give them time to get downfield, 
you know, run, you know, sets, you know, at all three levels of the field, you know, let them guys work it, you know. Um, and I, I that was drastically missing this year. Mm, yeah. Andy, Scouse, uh, Freddie, obviously, where are you guys with enemy coming, maybe coming in? You know, Andy, I know we've mentioned before <laughs> and we've chatted privately about this and, you know, Kansas City is very much Reed's team. He does yeah, a yeah. lot of the play call. And it is. I mean, I don't rate, I, I don't rate Biennemi. I, th- I, th- I think Biennemi is the most safest offensive coordinator in the league because he doesn't have to do anything. Let's face it. Yeah. Now, with situational awareness, we don't know how good he is at that because he, he, mm-hmm. just, he never calls any plays. So, for me, that's a big, big risk. And plus, I've seen him have an argument with Patrick Mahomes on the field after walking off a half time and certain games. Like this guy, and Mahomes just doesn't like him. You can tell. This guy's not a guy that obviously gets on with his star players. So if he's in our team, you know, I, I just think this guy's just he's just massively overrated. Could it be a case of I would love to hear those conversations too. Oh, man, like, you could know, you imagine calling Freddy... his mother names and stuff like that, <laughs> talking about his wife? <laughs> Freddie, do you not think it could be a case of the apprentice becomes the master? You know, I always want to get a Star Wars reference into the podcast, but um, you know, he's learned from one of the best. You know, could it now be a chance of him going somewhere and shining? I think in the NFL specifically, but when we talk about coaches at any level, I think with with players and coaches, we do this. We kind of romanticize this whole idea of, you know, of, yeah, apprentice and master and teacher and student and people taking people under their wing and Oh, what they learn from people around them. And I, I just, I kind of dismissed that a little bit. You're either a good coach or you're not. We've had plenty of coordinators who have been under great. Look at the coaching tree of Bill Belichick and all of the Bill Belichick disciples who have left New England and been absolute shit as head coaches. Okay. So, and, and obviously not, we're not looking for a head coach, but with the coordinator thing, I mean, I, I don't think, it's like, oh, he's got the Andy Reid magic touch, you know, and he's going to be great for us here. I think it's more important to look at just their resume by itself, what they have done, and then how that's going to translate to our team. That's the other thing. Just like players with coaches, you don't want to be shoving a square peg into a round hole. Uh, I agreed with a lot of what Travis said about the Greg Roman thing. You know, with the Eric Bieniemy thing, I, I don't think I would be as down quite as as Scouser over here with him. But it, it does concern me a little bit. He's proved nothing. The, Don't it, hire him. It, it concerns me a little bit. The personality issues, too. <laughs> let's just get let's and, just get, get Greg Roman in. That's what I'm after. <laughs> so I guess I don't have to say anything else about it. Andy said it all. <laughs> I'll just tell it straight. What's, what's interesting, though, is like how some guys have succeeded and some guys don't. It's like, you look what um, McVeigh's doing. You know, he's got two assistant coaches that didn't call plays, that went to Vikings, Miami. Both of them are in the playoffs. Yeah, good point. Very you know, good and, point. And what's, you know, so I, I think sometimes, like, play calling is overrated. Because if you, if you understand where it goes into play calling... Definitely was Scott Turner. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, well uh, all right, you got me on that one. Boom! Except in the landmine. But if... <laughs> What happens during play calling is they come up with the they come up with mm-hmm. the plays during the week. They install those, so that way when you get into the game, it's not like you're picking from a hundred plays per possession. It's like I got these play, I got these five plays that I want to run in these situational circumstances. These five. So 
that's why I don't, I, I, I'm even more flummoxed about, you know, Scott Turner because I'm like, what is he like, is this call sheet off or something? And it's like, he's calling things that just don't make sense with one another. But I, I see that where like a Sean McVay probably, I, I can understand how him, Kyle Shanahan kind of coming out of the same tree, they think the same way. It's very logical. It says, I'm only going to do this in this situation. I'm only going to do this. I'm not, I'm not going to put my pride above that. What's one thing I love about Kyle Shanahan? He'll win dirty or win big. That, mm. that should be the measure. It's like, I don't care how I get it done. Just I need to get it done. You get know? It done. And yeah. He's a master of resource. And like yeah. you mentioned that's, before, that's... and like you mentioned before, Travis, you mentioned about kind of the good coaches actually then play, call plays, but also, you know, call schemes to suit the quarterback who'd have got at that point. You know, this is why, that's why Kyle's such, such a good head coach. Uh, you know, Purdy, yeah, your seventh round, everyone's going on how yeah, all this. But the thing is that he's tailored this, the offense to him. To him, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not the other way around, not the scheme, Scott Turner, yeah. I'll do this and that. No, it's, no. It's, if you don't match yeah. it to the QB, yeah. Different level, we, you man. Know, I think that where Scott's downfall was, he didn't adapt his way of playing football. It was mm-hmm. either his way or no way. And, yes. you know, 100%. QBs in his team were like, well, I, I can't get to grip. Either they couldn't get to grips with it, they didn't like the play. You know, it was Scott Turner's way or the highway. You well, have you know, to like, be adaptable do, 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 in the NFL. Do you know the playbook? It's meant to be like you know the, the X receiver, the Y receiver, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Scott Turner's was numbers. Yeah, I remember you saying he's, that. He's, be, he's, yeah. he's the only head coach like, uh, actually yeah. ever in any system ever anywhere that uses numbers. So even like um, the Harvard guy, what's his name, Fitz Fitz Magic, came to us, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And he's, even he said, I, "I struggled to learn the playbook." Like that guy's a Harvard graduate. See what I mean? Yeah. So if, if it's making it that hard for for your quarterback to understand, you've got to change yeah. your you've got to change your playbook and your system well, to to suit more it, normal QBs. You know? Well, and yeah. and all the players aren't equal. You know that's that to me is one of the bigger things. You look at our tight end tight end production this year, way off. I, you're not gonna you're not gonna convince you're not gonna convince me that that was all on Logan Thomas or all on the tight ends. He just didn't use them. He wanted to pass to his three wide receivers. He used them more as blockers. Else. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it it drove me nuts because it's like there was even little things that we weren't doing. It's like your check downs. You should be checking down a lot. It's very efficient. It gets first downs. You have very athletic tight ends. None of them were edge blocking on a lot of plays. They weren't edge blocking releases and check down right to them. Yeah. He, Heineke and Wentz especially, they, you know, especially Wentz, He's not the most efficient passer. You have to create those that efficiency for him. He just kept looking at his arm. Oh, I can bomb it. There's there's barely any of those plays in a game. There's probably about two every game on average at most. And you look at when Wentz was in there, his arm, other than Jacksonville, which I was at, was the only game really where his arm came into play where, you know, he threw a pass that somebody else really couldn't, you know. Um, to me, that's a really big thing It's just – yeah, you need you want to be able to do that when you have to, but it's more of a luxury. It's not really what you need to win game in and game out. You need the efficiency. You need to move the ball down. You got to get you know ten yard, fifteen yard chunk plays. You know, keep the ball moving, and then once you get down the red zone, execute better than the opponent. Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely, guys. To um to wrap up today's show, let's hand out some bunker awards. Um, we have got our MVP of the season. Uh, play of the season, most improved player, and our fan moment of the year. And obviously, I reached out to you guys earlier. So let's start uh, with you, Travis. Who is your MVP of season 2022-23? I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. I think he kept this. 
he kept us close enough on offense despite all the other problems that we had. I think he's a fantastic men, uh, mentor to Dotson. It was unfortunate with, you know, Dotson being banged up. Um, we, you know, we had a bunch of injuries, but I, you know, to me, it's, he's one of those guys that just game in and game out, he's just there for you. For me, I'm going to go B-Rob. I mean, we got glimpses in preseason of what he could do. And then obviously the unfortunate incident happened, but when he, to come, A, to come back from that kind of injury, you deserve some kind of award anyway. But I just think he was, I just think he was reliable and he got yep. better and better and better as the season went on. I mean, I know uh, AG had his fumbling issues last year and, you know, we kind of got back to that ground and pound kind of style running football that we've, uh, Redskins fans have been accustomed to over the years. And I think he gives us something that no one else can moving forward. I mean, when you say pound the rock and don't get me wrong, I like AG and like Andy, like yep. we chatted on Friday. I mean, certain people want to cut AG and, you know, just, crazy talk but for me be robbed to <laughs> mm. just just from coming from nowhere and you know his his first time in the nfl i just thought he was i thought he was different class for for the organization yep. for the team and mr reliable for me so yeah yep. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go b rob uh freddie what who was your mvp of the season my friend the most valuable player of the season was taylor heineke oh jesus and the reason why is because of the turnaround when we went on that hot streak. I don't think that happens without Taylor Heineke. And I'm not attributing that to Heineke's level of talent. I'm contributing that to his personality and the way that the team stepped their game up all around him. He is not the most talented. Terry McLaurin is the most talented player on this team every year. You, so you could call him the MVP every year. But as far as value, as far as wins, because that's how I'm equating all of this, the wins that we accumulated when we went on that streak is because of Taylor Heineke. Therefore, wow. he's my most valuable player this year. Jeez, oh, you better turn off Twitter when people listen to this show. Uh, Scouse, MVP of the season, my friend. Cam Curl. Um, oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, top I like that. player. Hardcore. Makes mm. everybody else better around him when he plays. Uh, you can tell you, you, missed, you missed him a lot early on in the season when he was injured, and then also later on in the season when he was injured again. Shame he can't stay healthy for 17, 18 games. But, um, but yeah, Cam Kill for me is uh, by far our best defensive back. By a yeah, mile. no, good, good choice, my friend. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, I was... Um, Travis, play of the season for you, my friend. There was a few that stand out. You've got Terry versus the Colts was uh, was a great play. Um, we had some great defensive plays as well. That always seems to get overlooked because you kind of think of great plays, you think of offense, you know. But I can think of many a times where you know pain, sweat, them guys have just brought it. Uh, for you though, what was your play of the season? I forget who the opponent was at the moment. I don't think it was. It might have been. It was a uh, It was Dotson's. Um, he got a pass around the 20, ran it in, did the spin move mm -hmm. in for the touchdown. Oh, yeah. it, was like, it was either against the Giants or the Eagles. I forget which. I think it was. I think it was the Giants. It was the Giants, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, that to me was 100% what you get with a guy like Dotson. His, his, his control, his foot movement. He doesn't, play like a, he doesn't play like a football player. He plays like a basketball player. The way he plants his foot. It's totally different than what you typically will see from a wide receiver. And that's why I think he he just, the sky's the limit for him. He can really do things I don't think most guys can, especially for a rookie. Scouse, player of the season, my friend. The Heineke pass, um, when he when he rolled out to the left under like serious pressure, and he threw a dime to where... Uh, that was fourth uh, down, wasn't it? Fourth and four. Yeah. And we, and we scored a touchdown on that drive. That play uh, so was Samuel was incredible. Samuel, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just, you know, exactly what I've been calling 
for Heineke to be doing most of the season rollouts. Mm-hmm. I know he's got Travis was saying earlier, yeah. But, but yeah, exactly. Because yeah, he's got legs yeah. See, and, he can, yep. and he can throw the ball better on the run. So to understand why we, again, Scott Turner, fucking Scott Turner. But anyway, uh, yeah, but bastard. He's, um, yeah, he's fucking wang me. Yeah, um, he's you're stuck in a plane with him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never do that, Travis. That won't end well. That won't end well. Uh, for yeah. me, Andy, uh, you know where I'm going with this. My player of the season was when me and you were sitting at FedEx Field week one and we called that Terry McLaurin touchdown before it even happened. We looked mm. at each other and went, Terry's wide. Terry, this is the first time they hadn't gone man to man. They didn't yeah. go man to man on him. Me and Andy literally at the same time looked at each other and went, Terry's scoring here. And to see that live, to see, because we were down in that game at that point. I, you know, I was that there touchdown. too. Yeah, Travis, you know, the, 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 FedEx. I and I've been, I've been to FedEx a few times now. That was one of the loudest I've heard it in my yes. my limited experience of being there when Terry ran yep. in for that time. And obviously then it was Carson Wentz was still new. And we're like, finally, we've got a guy that can throw the ball. Little did we know that he was going to yep. turn into a drunk giraffe later on in the season. But hey, <laughs> that, um, that was amazing for me. Just seeing that Terry play was incredible. And to see FedEx be there live and to finally see like a big play down the field was my player of the season. Freddie, what was your player of the season? No doubt some two yard dink and dunk by Taylor Heineke. No, actually my play of the season was, uh, it it was the same. It was that it was the long pass to Terry McLaurin. Uh, Travis most improved player. Always an interesting one. Uh, Jamin Davis. Absolutely. The step he took. I know a lot of people. And everyone wanted to get rid of him when he was like, who's this dude? I mean, He's a young kid, you know, and he he never really had the snaps that like uh you know Micah Parson had in college. But the step he took this year, massive. He's exactly what you need out of linebacker. And I personally, I think they they started using him much better during the season. They started using him a lot, like Micah Parsons, rushing the passer, you know, getting him both in the quarterback's face, out of the face, not too much in, not too much out. You know, um, the first couple of weeks like were a little bit shaky, especially week one. Then boom, he just hit it, nailed it the rest of the season. I anybody that would say that he wasn't worth it is absolutely wrong, in my opinion. You know, he he's the real deal. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'm going for Derek Forrest. Um yeah. still a young kid, you know what I mean? Every time we talk about that position as well, we talk about safety so much and like how we've been weak there. And they, I just thought he was someone that's gonna bring something to this team and something someone that every time his name was mentioned, it was mentioned for for the good. You know, so many times throughout the years, we've had, you know, we've had donuts like donkeys like Troy Apke back there and costing us points and, you know, yeah. costing us games. To have someone in that position for me that's still a young guy, you know, 23 years old, um, yeah. just kept getting better and better as the, as, the, as, the, as the season went on, forced a couple of fumbles throughout the season. It's just, yeah, I just thought for me, definitely our most improved player. And someone I'm, I'm looking forward to see where he goes next season. Uh, Andy, most improved player, my friend, Mr. Scout. I'm going to say D-Pain. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. he was, de- he was yeah. decent. You know, he was, he was decent the like, last couple of seasons, but nothing special. I was all right. Yeah. This year, big difference. You know, mm. it, it, might, it might have been the case of big money. <laughs> he money was money, mate. That's why. <laughs> it might be the contract. Yeah, that's the reason why he got production. I don't know. It could be. But My boss offered me a pray on the Thursday. But yeah, you're spot on. Good choice, Andy. Good choice. Freddie? Ben St. Juice. I, he, yep. I mean, he struggled as a rookie, yes. but he he really came on. If the yep. he hadn't gotten the injury and it didn't sit out the rest of the season, I mean, look how much better the secondary was when yep. he came in playing on the opposite side of Fuller. And I think he's yep. just going to keep getting better and be- better and better for this team. I think he could probably be eventually a number one corner. And yep. is he going to be like? 
he's not gonna be like sauce Gardner, but I think he could start be the number one corner for this team. Uh, what is your fan moment of the season? My fan moment is when Brian Robinson scored his first touchdown cool. coming back from getting shot in the fucking knee, everything <laughs> that he had to overcome <laughs> to get to where he was at, not only playing well, at this level, but scoring his first touchdown after everything that guy went through, I feel like it wasn't only for him. I feel like everybody who is a commander's fans or who's a commander's fan and a lot of people who are just football fans stood up and applauded and had a lot of respect for when that happened. So I think that that, cause that's a big moment, not just yep. in this season, ultimately it'll be a touchstone in the history of this team, especially for the commanders. Travis, what's your fan moment of the season, my friend? Jeremy Reed is making the Pro Bowl. For me, it's just week one when we were all there at FedEx. We got to go to FedEx Field the day before the game, two days before the game, right, Andy? Uh, myself, Scouse, Scott, everyone, Tony, Peter, all the, all the guys that were, all the guys, the UK guys and American guys that were there. We got to stand on the field at FedEx. We got to hang out with Jason Wright for like an hour and a half. Uh, we got a tour of the, the whole of FedEx Field, really, some places where That's fans great. have never been, you know, and, you know, it's it's hard to explain because, you know, we sit thousands of miles away week in, week out, just watching on TV. So for us to, and for people, I know people go on the field weekly. I see, I follow on social media on game day. People are on that field every single Sunday. But for myself, Andy, all the other UK guys in the UK, just to spend an hour and a half in Jason Wright's company and just not just talk football, general things that we were chatting about. And, you know, he was he was generally interested in our lives and our fandom and things like that for me. There will literally be memories that will that will live with me forever. So yeah, for me that was my yeah. that was my fan if moment. If, if you come to the game next year at FedEx, I got room. Come over, bunk over. Oh man, Andy, you heard that? Sweet, well, yeah. yeah, we'll have that. Yeah, no yeah. sweet chili fries though. I don't know if you heard that story, Trevor. Oh, oh no, 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 Andy, especially ten shits Hartley. Yeah, 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 don't let yeah stock up on toilet <laughs> roll if Hartley's coming, Travis. Jesus, <laughs> um, Andy, what was your fan moment of the well, year? Well, it kind of screwed because obviously it kind of coincides with yours. But um, I think the biggest thing was was actually having Jason White as our tour guide. Because basically, yes, he was our tour guide. Like, hey, now and off. Got promoted. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the team president coming out and going, you know, I'm going to spend an hour and a half and actually just show you every single room and talk about it on stories. He mentions the stuff off off, off, um, off the record type things as well. You know, secret type things. And, you know, they shared it with us. And, it was, and you know, it's, it's, it's just a great... Great thing to do. You'd never see someone like Bruce Allen do stuff like that. It's been truly humbling to have you on, my friend. Um, just tell our listeners where they can find you on social media, Travis, if they want to check out uh, your your great sure. Washington tweets that you put out. Uh, Ramel CPA at Ramel CPA on uh, Twitter at R A M L CPA, and um, I have all kinds of interesting insights, and I'm always right. Yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, yeah. Not my wife there, Travis, but uh, yeah, it's it's been brilliant <laughs> to have you on. Andy, Freddie, Freddie, I know you're at work. I know you're working away. So we appreciate you taking time away from the dead people to come Thank in. Thank you, uh, Freddie. Come with us. Yeah, thanks, Freddie. Yeah, I've just been up to my <laughs> neck in corpse, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Scouts, it's been a pleasure as always, my man. Let's do it all again next week, fellas. Till next time, everybody, bunker down and stay safe. Can we fire Andy and Scouse? You and me can just do the show together. Is that possible? Oh wow, there's a coup going on here, Travis. You see what? You see what goes on here? Who wants the prime minister around? We don't need him. Yeah, yeah. I'll go to America. I'll go to America. Andy Burroughs is the he's the worst prime minister since Margaret Thatcher. No one, hey, no one said Jamin Davis, did they?
Yeah, 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 Travis did. Did someone say this is why we go to him last? This is why we go to him last because we're just amazed he's he's awake. Andy said Derek Forrest, right? Yes. And then said D-Pain. He said D-Pain. And Andy, Andy said D-Pain. I feel like you're. I feel like you're listening to our own show while we're recording it now. Fine. Well, I you know what I'm going to do well. then, since on tape delay. Everyone, everyone yeah. took all the. Everyone took all the good picks, man. I've got, I've got one good one left for you. No, this, no, I, I got one. I got one. <laughs> oh, here he is. Okay. Hey, Travis, can you can you cut me a deal on my taxes this year? <laughs> you want me to cut your taxes or cut you a deal on your taxes? Cut me a Those deal on my money. taxes. Oh. Well, possibly. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> There's the outtakes of the podcast done. Wrong answers yeah. only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>